0: Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Heard, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is a collaboration between The Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Heard through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcast. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HeardPodcast.com like Herd Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Herd Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Herd. Hello, friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. I'm Joe Hakeem. And tonight... I am joined by Vato. Woo! Jesus. <laughs> Nick. Hello. Jason. Hello. Sorry, and man. I took your thing, that's right. right. I just you saw it. My, you stole my thunder. I you just saw you, it. You did okay. a huge disservice to Ric Flair yeah. there. Uh, that's fine. You broke every
1: uh, every meter in this podcast studio, I just saw it the other day. I mean, I know I'm late to the party, but I just saw it. <laughs>
2: He was a great entertainer. He did not scare children.
0: He He is a great entertainer.
1: Children should not be listened to our
0: Ric Flair is still alive. True. Yes. (laughs) Thankfully. And our special guest. Quick prayer for Ric Flair. Our (laughs) special guest joining us all the way from Wheeler, Michigan, Mm -hmm. which is uh, near Midland. Yep. Near Midland. Uh, Nicole Ward from Forgotten Ciders.
3: Hello. Thank you. How are you? Good. 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 Just drove in.
0: So, (laughs) Cider. We haven't talked about Cider yet, guys. No. Uh,
3: and happy fortieth.
1: Yes, the fortieth episode. Yeah. Woo. That's how you do it. This, is, right. 40. <laughs> this is forty. This is 40. This I is 40. just I just watched the episode. I know how to do it. Okay. Don't <laughs> give me, I'll I'll pull full Rick Flair on right now if you want me to. And I get really aggressive <laughs> and then next thing you know, Nick's gonna be crying. Be crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> okay, forty so.
2: episodes R. I. P. woo. There we go. Thanks. He's not dead. <laughs> just kidding.
1: <laughs> you just drove in. I did. You just drove in. Yes. That's a drive.
3: It's a little bit of a haul. So thank you. No worries.
1: Yes. <laughs> Nick didn't tell you we did. We can do this over the phone. <laughs> we That's
0: can't sweet. taste the ciders then.
1: Oh, touche. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, and,
0: so, and already, so we already cracked one. It's called The Gambler. Uh, tell us about this cider real quick. What is so it?
3: So we affectionately refer to this one as our all-day drinker. Uh, it starts off a little more smooth and balanced it has a tart finish and it has over 120 different varieties of apples in it.
2: 120. 120. I didn't even know there were that many.
3: So we are unique in that we grow over 1000 varieties what? of apples. Yeah. So, so
4: so that one that 120 are, are, are is each one in there doing something like if you pull if only it's only 119 are you like, nope? that's not right.
3: <laughs> You'll probably still do okay. I mean, yep. most of our blends can come in anywhere, you know, about 50 different varieties. We've got some higher variety blends. Um, our highest that we've done so far is about 150. And then I think through this winter, I should be able to do a blend that comes in a little bit higher. So that'll be like our new highest blend. Wow. Um, but there's about four main categories of apples. So you just kind of look to have the balance between those if, if you're looking for that. Profile in a cider. If you're looking for a different profile, you'll want to skew the different types of apples that you're using. So,
1: is your are you you said you're growing your own? Yep, you're not sourcing from. We're any treated other?
3: tap. We only use our apples in our cider. Okay.
1: Yep. So, um, is any? I mean, there's all there's apple orchards and and whatnot in in mm-hmm. this area is is like a you know it's it's very I don't know it's an important fall thing for Michigan. Yeah, people Michigan love to from. pick apples, yeah. eat apples, make apple and, and pie, make apples. And certain apple places sauce. are doing hybrids. Like I know Franklin did a hybrid recently uh, that I thought was like one of the best apples I ever had. and A or, new
3: apple. It was a new apple. Yeah, it was. because you haven't had old apples. Well, ooh. I, I, ooh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just mm-hmm. to show. No, that, no, it's okay. No, but I'm, people yeah. love their Honeycrisp. They love their sweet Tango. They're great eating apples. We get that. Um, but well, we, let's
4: address that. So there is a difference between cider apples and eating apples, right? There are. Oh.
3: Most cider apples are actually referred to again, very affectionately as spitters. I mean, they dry out your mouth. They've got very acidic, almost acetonic tastes to them. And you're not going to want to eat them. Hmm. So, yes, a lot of traditional cider apples don't make great eating apples. But on the flip side, some great eating apples can make really great cider.
2: Hmm. What are they, Are these uh, spitters used for other things like why would people have grown those over time just for cider making or do they have other uses or I
3: think primarily for cider making and a lot of them come from England. They come from France. Um, There's some traditional old American apples that have uh, some really great cider profiles. Um, But you know, back in the day when people had orchards on their own property, they had apple trees and they were making their own cider. So,
1: so um, it's probably jumping ahead in the conversation then, but how are you handling the, uh, winter temperatures in it. You,
3: you... I feel like winter's not here yet. So. Uh, no, you're right. <laughs> I Especially haven't had not to worry today. about it. No, no, today was
1: 65. This is, uh, this is actually this is Today this is, this is Christmas, December 31st. And, <laughs> no.
3: It's actually more of a problem now that it's been such a warm fall because okay. I can normally store my apples a little bit better. And this fall, it was like. Quick, 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 try to manage everything because of the warmer temperatures.
1: So you're storing apples, obviously juicing later, yes? Not
3: really. So I have one more press left, and then that's it because we do not have cold storage. So I actually like...
1: But it hasn't been cold, so... Right. right. So
3: that's why I got to go quick, quick, quick and get everything done. Okay. Yeah. Normally, I'll store them outside, let them sweat for a little bit. Uh, In the cool temperatures, they really hold up better for my yield. Uh, But that hasn't been the case as much. So it's like, all right get them pressed before they go really bad.
0: So this orchard has been in your family or your husband's family? Yes. Husband's family for Uh, a century?
3: Well, the land's been in the family for over a hundred years and then the trees about 25.
0: So 25 years ago when the trees were planted, Mm -hmm. what was the kind of, what was it always cider then?
3: No, this was literally like a hobby, uh, this was his baseball card collection. No oh. one had really an intention of doing anything with it.
4: How many acres is a it's hobby? Like, it's like There's Legos. There's a job. Because I have way too many Legos. It's apple- like Legos. Yes.
3: I would yeah. say anything with apple trees turns out being a job. If you want to do anything with them, people are like, we want to plant one apple tree. I was like, don't do it. <laughs> um <laughs> Just the mowing around the apples in general is a paid butt. Um, so we have 14 acres and about 12 of That's them are hobby. trees. That's not a hobby. And we have over 3,000 trees.
1: 3,000. Oh, 3,001 more than you got.
0: True. That's true. <laughs> so th- there's another farm in Michigan called Tremendous Fruits. Uh-huh. And they have a, a similar amount of apples, uh, like trees. Uh-huh. And so – was there any, and I don't know how long they've been around. So was there any sense of like when this, when 25 years ago, when you guys started, like there was your, the uh, grandfather, was it the grandfather? It was my husband's grandfather Grand- okay. and his
3: son. So my husband's uncle.
0: Okay. So they were just like, we're just going to order, like go through like a, a catalog. catalog and just mm-hmm. order trees. That we're going
3: like, to em- We're going to write to people. We're going to call. We might drive there.
0: Was there any like call like was tremendous fruits ever even on their radar at the time? I
3: would have to look back and see. I don't. I don't know about that. I think okay. there was a lot from like the Pacific Northwest. There were some from like Virginia, uh, New York. Um, I'm not sure what he got from Michigan.
0: Okay, and so and have there been since you guys started 25 years ago? Are there hybrids that have formed? Like, have you guys like?
3: We have one Honeycrisp tree, and oh. I believe that's really the only newer apple that we have.
0: Okay. So, could you guys? I mean, is I don't know how apple trees work necessarily. So, can you graft them and like, your mama to, apple <laughs> likes a daddy apple? Well, that's oh. what I'm saying. Like, is, is that possible?
3: So, a common misconception <laughs> with apples is that if you plant an apple seed, you will get that apple tree. You will get an apple tree, but you won't get that specific apple. You get something from its lineage, something that's deep down in its DNA. Oh, really? So, you do have to graft a tree to produce that same type of apple that you want. So,
4: you have a tree you like. You grab a branch, you put it on
3: rootstock. Got it. Yep. Nurture it. Take care of it. Massage it. And in several years, put oil you'll on get it. some apples.
0: Play soft music. Yeah. So, so explain to works for the, the this apple seed to tree idea. So that it, it won't necess- So if you pull an apple seed out of a whatever, like well, a John, Granny Smith, Johnny, yeah. it, it won't necessarily.
3: You'll get something in Granny Smith's parentage. Interesting. So just like your DNA works, you know, you get your brown hair from maybe your grandmother when both your parents are blonde or something. You're like, oh, where did that come from? Oh, my grandmother had dark hair. You know, it's like that kind of trait being passed on.
0: So how long have you guys been producing cider?
3: We officially opened in February of 2015. And then we were like basement fermenting for several years before that. And and this was
0: just like the next logical step?
3: It kind of. I mean, we started to look at what we were doing with the apples, which was mostly taking them to the farmer's market so that people could eat them and cook with them, et cetera, and making cider for ourselves. Occasionally fresh soft cider uh, for people to drink and then selling to other cider makers. So other cider makers were making cider with our apples this hobby at the time was kind of a lot of work for just selling apples and so when we started to look at what else we, we could be doing to make this hobby a little more fruitful it, it, like pun intended so so <laughs> nice, when you when nice. you talk
1: about other people are making cider were they making hard cider off your yes. cider okay yes not soft cider off your cider some
3: so. were making soft cider but some were also making hard cider and there's a Michigan hosts the largest, uh, cider and Perry competition and we were entering that as amateurs. It's called Glink Cap. And we were meddling as amateurs. And so it kind of became this like all the pieces started to fall into place. Like we have these awesome apples. We make pretty good cider. Other people are making cider. We should be making cider.
2: What's the difference between hard and soft just for people Alcohol. who
3: might not know? Okay. Booze. I see. Talk that about
4: that a little bit because I was actually in Columbus. And they were talking about that competition mm-hmm. as like kind of the BJCP.
1: Is that should, right? Should never go to Columbus. I don't know. What does that mean? Clint What's Cap? B-
3: well, no.
0: That's what the beer. So there's like the beer group. Beer judging. BJCP. Beer judging. What is it? Cicerone.
4: Cicerone. Anyway, yeah. But So like Michigan is where we have the cider equivalent of okay. that, that judging. Okay. So yeah. they're saying how, how big Michigan is around cider. So, I think a lot of people don't know that is like we're this little mecca of cider in the US.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're number three in the okay. US for apple production. Um, so, we're, we're fortunate that, you know, we're already starting with the product right here a lot of times who, for cider. Who else makers. is good with the production? Uh, you know, Washington. Washington and okay. New York. Okay. okay. Wow. It's that's hops. So- it's very
4: similar to hops, too. Really? Yeah. yeah.
3: So, those are big. Uh, Virginia's got quite a. Uh, quite a-
4: Iowa? Because they're big on hops. I'm just curious because all those. It's
3: not ringing a bell, yeah. but that's.
1: That's so weird. It's be like so East Coast, so West Coast, and then us in the Midwest like is the only. It's like latted longitudes. But I have longitudes. talked to other people about like cider, like going to cider mills and like hay rides and this and that and like the fall experience and people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, really? You, yeah. you don't know what this is? You've never been to a cider mill and gotten a, a cinnamon donut and blah, blah, blah. And they're like. I have no idea what you're it's talking about. It's a
3: very Midwest experience.
1: Yeah, if you would have said pumpkin patch, it would have been different. I went to a pumpkin patch in Colorado, but there was no cider to be found. Corn maze,
0: yeah, there's a corn maze. Okay, but but I mean, there was no. If I would have said cider mill, it would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? That's
1: like the biggest part of the fall season for me. Is like we got to hit up a cider mill because yeah, you live in Michigan. I know, but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's a diehard thing, right? If you're in California, you can't really experience Christmas unless. You know, no, you go somebody, hunt clams on the ocean. Some, Unless <laughs> uh, somebody's like falling off the Naked Tower. No, seriously, it's like the, the the Four Seasons is an important thing. It's I think so fr- even yeah. if you
3: don't experience it, people still think of it as a quintessentially fall thing. Yeah, yeah Even if you're like in California, you, you have this romantic idea of going and picking your own apples and taking them home and making a pie.
1: So, so you've been in, around the industry for so long.
3: I, don't, I mean, I don't know about that, but well, long, long, longer than <laughs> I me, mean, longer than you, longer than me, yeah. So
1: I mean, <laughs> so what? What was the spark that changed, in, in your opinion, like the uh, the global conception of what like a hard cider was? Was yeah. it like the, like something took us over the edge? Because when I was growing up, there was no you, you went to cider mills and you got soft cider and you had apple juice and this and that, but there was no real hard cider. Was it like Mike's hard like lemonade? Woodchuck. Woodchuck Woodchuck
3: really came onto the market first and in a big way and without competitors for quite a long time. I mean, I think they had some international competitors, um, but they were harder to find. They were expensive. So you weren't getting a lot of mainstream drinkers experiencing it. And um, I think that's where they kind of started building the cider reputation is strictly based off of what Woodchuck was producing. Because this was I mean, the U.S. was like founded on cider yeah like everyone made safer cider. than water everyone made it and
4: it's it, the same in England because England I mean a yeah. lot of people from England came here and made it it never really died in England
3: they didn't have like the prohibition problem <sighs> freaking that freaking prohibition had. yeah Duh. yeah
0: freaking, freaking I, I mean I, I, I can, friendly I can vouch when I was 19 going over to Canada to, to drink like a delinquent <laughs> um I was uh, with a fake also ID because like, he was a really quintessentially 17.
3: Michigan thing.
0: They're going oh. to card me anyway. Right. No, um, like, you look like you're 25. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> why are you here, dude? Like, I'm 19. No, you're not. You're, you're older than that. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I didn't like beer. I didn't like yep. the shitty beer that was being served back then. And I wasn't a huge fan of uh, hard liquor at the time. Yep. So I was drinking Strongbow. Yeah, the um, all strongbow and, yeah. and strongbow. The is,
3: original strongbow is where it's at. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and like beca- you mentioned, woodchuck, woodchuck compared to strongbow is shit. Woodchuck, I, I mean, not not. I'm, I don't I'm, like
3: to bash any other cider maker, and like I appreciate how they've paved the way. And I cut my teeth on some woodchuck back in the day, but I most likely am not purchasing a six pack of woodchuck.
4: It's candy. It's well, all sugar. When you can go in your basement and just grab a bottle.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, there's that, but. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I went over to uh, England during college and don't like beer and, you know, wasn't really into wines and liquors and things like that and, like, was rejoicing at mm-hmm. every pub that I went to with these awesome ciders.
4: And I think that's something big is the sweetness because yes. when you were in school, you probably had Mike's Hard Lemonade What's or any of those. High school or college. Either. <laughs> <laughs> and you you got interested in this bitter drink. Of beer or whatever because of the sweetness in these, you know, alternative liquors or, you know, a sweet cider so the the conversion to get people out of that mode thinking that cider is always sweet. Yes,
3: I feel like is the problem right now. Right. It's a little bit of an uphill battle. It's definitely getting better. Uh, I think people's palates are evolving. Mm -hmm. I definitely look to like all of the work that craft beer has been putting into things. And even now some of like the craft bourbons and things like mm-hmm. that, people's palates are developing. They're starting to appreciate and understand process more. And so they're looking to kind of these craft and artisanal ciders yeah. a little bit more with a different palette and appreciation for them.
1: Did, did everyone have the same experience as Michigan had? If Michigan was a cider place to begin with or Washington or New York, did everyone else had the same experience of like, you know, having, you know hard ciders come out not experiencing like a whole season of like cider throwing at them
3: yeah uh i don't know
1: that's good that's deep i don't know i'm sorry i got a little deep on you
3: i i, I, I mean
4: i because i but it when seems I,
1: like it, it seems like you wouldn't like you seem like all of a sudden now you got a mass market approach to what cider is and you just like heard about you know cider in the fall and now it's I don't know.
4: Well, part of it, I think, is mass production. So, you know, with sure. the war and all these things that came in, people canned beer because beer was probably cheaper and easier and there's all this grain. And I think cider kind of fell in the wayside because it used to be like a home product. Yeah. Like
1: you'd have your apple trees and you'd like, just like you guys started.
3: In your basement. You'd everyone make your, did it. Yep.
1: You'd make your cider. But people still bought apple juice no matter where you were because you get it pasteurized, you know, and and, but and you, mass produced. and
3: It's not easy to make Hard cider from pasteurized apple juice. You're not. You have it's to. It's not add just adding yeast. Uh it, yes. Okay, but versus you know fresh pass, fresh pressed cider. You know you can just let go if you want. That's to. it. Yeah,
1: right. But to my mm-hmm. point, though, every kid in in America is drinking apple juice, and so every yeah. family has apple juice, so they know what apple juice is, but they don't know the difference between apple juice and apple cider. And sure.
3: So apple juice, apple cider, hard cider, right. kind of like that spectrum.
1: Yeah. And so I think
4: maybe it was a little bit easier. It's products. You know, we talk about like Woodchuck. Woodchuck was probably the only guy on the street. And if you don't like sugary sweet things at that age, right. you're probably like, well, I don't like cider. You
3: think in general, yeah. I don't I like, like all cider. ciders.
1: Because yeah. yes. cider or even apple juice for the most part is overly sugary. Apple juice is really sugary. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's why we cut it in half with, the with water, water. Yep. Or you do the honest teas if you got a kid and do the honest drinks because they're like half the sugar. So I think you're right. Heck of that. Uh, you were turned off, like our
4: generation yes. was turned off. Well, yeah. in school,
1: we're ish. No, you're way old. You're way what younger. Fifty? You, way younger than me. <laughs> not, I'm close to. I'm closer to fifty. Than you are.
0: So okay. So I want to. I want to. Uh, we're three bottles in right now. Well, I'm. I'm three bottles in. I haven't not 3 whole bottles. But three tastings. <laughs> Good so, job, Joe. <laughs> um, we have the rare harvest, yep. right? And this is called opportunity knock. Ooh. Opportunity knocking. Yes. Um, so one thing that jumps out at me immediately is that they're, they're all really tart. Yes. And I love that.
3: We don't add any sugars, sweeteners, colors, flavors for the most part. I mean, we're add, we're adding in hops and opportunity mm-hmm. knocking.
0: But you're
4: allowed to. If you call it a cider, yep. you eat apples and you can add stuff to it.
3: Yes. Okay. We try to stay pretty authentic to the ingredients that we're using.
4: Is there a point when it doesn't become cider? Like if you put in pineapple or mm. something? There's
3: definitely pineapple ciders out there. Okay. Uh, I'm sure the state of Michigan or TTB has some Somewhere regulation sure. about what it is, but that's not really what I'm looking to do. So I don't even pay attention to those. All
4: right. <laughs> Pumpkin cider,
3: those are out there. There's a, there's a, there's all sorts of cider out there. There's crazy people on the west coast doing some crazy things. Uh, yeah, you're seeing a lot of. It, it's like what craft beer was going mm-hmm. through. How hoppy can we make it? Uh, how thick and stout and creamier. I mean, you're just seeing all of what craft beer did. You're seeing in craft cider now.
0: And, and why do you think that is? Is Is that is that to reach some part of the marketplace where people are demanding it? Or is it just you're pushing the limits of what cider is?
3: I think you're getting more and more cider makers. We've all got different agendas and personalities and product that we're working with. And people are becoming more educated. So I think you're just seeing the natural evolution of that industry.
0: And is there a callback to like traditional methods? Like, I mean, I know.
3: Okay. a little bit so I think people are starting to say I want more of a dry cider I don't want the sweeter ciders um, I think people are starting to you know want to know what type of product you're even starting with sometimes um you're starting to hear more about keeving, which is like a process to naturally sweeten the cider a little bit uh, that they do it over in Europe quite a bit but you're not seeing it as much over here so explain well, explain what it is yeah I'm not even fully familiar with it but my like idea in my head is like you Dig a hole in the ground and put like t- containers there, and add your cider. And then there's some process of like extracting a portion of it. What I'm, I'm, I, don't, I
1: don't think I want that. I don't drink cider because I don't drink anything with carbonation. But that doesn't sound like anything I'd want. Just like dig do a you, hole in the ground and do you eat kimchi? Do I eat kimchi? Yeah, uh, not really. Because right. I don't I'm not what, what. Where was your point with that? Because Fermented. that's
4: how they do it. Yeah. They put it in the hole in the ground. Well, and fish, not, in fish not, sauce
1: dude. not the kimchi that most people eat. Right? The, mm. the kimchi that most people eat is like, it's fake. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know how to. Why'd you look at Joe? Because uh, he's the food, food guy. Yeah. I, I'm I a mean, food guy too. You take photos. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: cool.
0: I, I mean, I know that, I know the, the Brinery is not bur- burying like out of Ann Arbor. They're doing traditional kimchi, but it's not plain burying. Uh, it. it, it's still, it's still for Because it's
4: like, traditional is like oysters and most like all of sorts it's of crazy stuff. Fake. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's like, uh, it's funky as hell. Yeah. Um. I don't, I don't know. I know there's a place over in, um. Madison Heights, uh, it, it's uh, a Me shop that that makes their own kimchi. I don't know
1: if they're bearing it. I have no idea.
0: Most places, don't shake
1: your head, Vato. You don't know. places are fake. I know. I do know. I'm just not laying it out there.
2: <laughs>
4: so, cider. So back to cider. So back this to is great.
2: Cider. Yes. This is yummy. Yeah. This yeah. one I don't even yeah. enjoy hops. Typically, as you all know, unless it's fourteen <laughs> percent. <laughs> <regretting> it.
3: I <laughs> so I don't like IPA beers. Sorry. Um, don't be sorry. But. I love how they smell and I love a lot of that upfront taste and I just can't stand how they finish. So I'll always like smell my husband's IPA beer that he loves and then like hand it back to him. And, uh, we have some good friends up there who own a brew supply store and through obviously owning this business, we've gotten to talk shop a lot with them. Shout out to Michigan Brew Supply, but, um, and so we were just talking about my dislike of IPAs, but my love of how they smell. And she kind of gave me like a really quick education on dry hopping cider. And I did a little uh, bit more looking and I was like, yes, that's what we're doing. That's
2: yeah, very fragrant. Yeah. In a great
1: way. It's like peppery and woodsy. And hmm. Speaking
3: yeah, of I definitely fragrance. get the green pepper out yeah. of it.
0: Yep.
1: Speaking of fragrant, is uh, so with other liquors and beers and stuff, there's you know, different glassware. Yeah. Uh, is there anything specific ah. that people should know about uh, cider in terms of glassware?
3: I I am on the less fancy spectrum, oh, like so this side we do of the spectrum. Red, we do have Red I, Solo I've been known here. to rock Red Solo Cup many times. <laughs> well, we have a simple pint, yep, so we're so not going crazy. out at our tasting room, we serve out of a pint glass, mm-hmm. and we've got little taster glasses for our flight, so we don't get too extreme with that. Um, but yeah, there is cider-specific barware that's supposed to help with the aroma and all that kind of with stuff. With this
4: one particularly, with the hops, I mean,
1: there's so much aroma on it. Yeah. But it's otherwise, nice you, rounded glass. yep But you're yeah. like, okay, whatever. Soul cup, you know, pint, well, just drink it.
3: So we have a <laughs> very like... Uh, no, I,
1: I mean, it's going to taste... I mean, some people are really like, oh, you can only drink a blah, blah, blah. I would but, say
3: that our brand and our setting leans more towards just drink it out of a pint glass if you want, or drink it out of a fancy glass if you want, like, just do just you. Just drink it. But for anybody, yeah. anybody it listening,
1: bottle. pour it out of the bottle into a glass. <laughs> well... Yes, that's always I'll always I feel like. pour out of yeah. the bottle. Not oh, always if you're drinking like uh, PBR or something. Well, okay. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: I think
4: it'll elevate
1: hard. the experience. I <laughs> I
0: totally back that. So let's talk about the experience of Forgotten Ciders. Sure. Explain the explain the uh, the setting, please.
3: We're in between a field, another field, and a third field. (laughs) (laughs) You won't miss us because we're the only apple orchard. And um,
2: if you build it, they (laughs) will.
3: If you hit the other field, you might want to turn around and like turn back around. Uh, So uh, we're also down the road from a dairy farm. So which way the wind blowing when you get a full experience. Oh, fat experience. <laughs> okay. ice, ice cream? Not ice cream. Not no, ice that's cream. Not, that's not that's what you're talking about. So um, <laughs> our tasting room is set out amongst our trees, and uh, we're just a very rural sounds setting. sounds very magical. Uh, we've got uh, windmills in the next county over, and by next county over, I mean it's – Across the street because we're on <laughs> county oh, Line Line. road. Line. Are we
4: talking like Don Quixote windmills or like giants? Giants. Yeah. Okay.
3: Wind. Yeah. Windmills. Okay. Uh, so we have kind of a unique view. Um, we actually have a cider called Windmill Watcher. Mm. Uh, that was one of our first ciders uh, based on our location. Uh, so it's just a very peaceful rural setting. I always tell people like come out, just relax. You may or may not get cell service. Oh. No, we have cell <laughs> service and Wi-Fi.
0: Please post <laughs> hashtag.
3: <laughs> but yeah, it's just a very like laid-back setting. Cool. So,
4: so I think kind of going back to the roots of like um, England, and yeah. you're bringing this over. Cider was a pretty common everyman drink. Yes, I feel like when you talked about kind of the glassware, that seems to have kind of transpired here. Yes, where it's it's just kind of this is a. Simple drink. This is not crazy. This yeah. is not over the top.
3: Yeah. And you'll see, especially recently, a lot of people are going to cans these days. Um, not as many makers, I think, are in the 750s like we do a lot of ours in. Um, so you'll see it in the 12 ounce bottles and you'll see it in the 22s and you'll see it in the 500s mm-hmm. and you'll see it canned. So you're definitely seeing a range of how the product is getting out to the market these days.
4: Is it harder for people to embrace it in a bigger format like this? Because all your formats are the bigger ones.
3: Most of our formats are in the 750s. We are. We started I'm so sorry I keep hitting the mic. We <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <Nick>? Um <laughs> we started so to go risky. to the 500s in the brown the amber bottle because of the dry hopped cider and then just kind of, you know, had some extra cuz we had to order in such a big quantity and we're like, "Oh, we can put this at a pretty nice price point for some of our mm-hmm. cider." So we do do a portion of them in our um 22s now when we first started you know we didn't know anything we just picked and we went with a a wine bottle size because it's
4: way easier on you to do it in a bigger format
3: yes it is um also you know some of our price points we felt um the consumer would look at it and be more comfortable saying oh well i'll spend x on a bottle of wine and this isn't a wine bottle so i you know i'm comfortable spending Mm -hmm. that on this product as well
4: how much of the products cost is the packaging
3: it uh, depends on how much of the product you can buy at one time. Well, and that's what I'm saying. If it's, <laughs> yeah. if it's
4: easier because you know, you're know you you're paying for less package and more product in a yeah. bigger format. I'm just curious if you if you get a smaller size, it's easier for the consumer, but they're getting less product. Yeah. I I'm getting really economic. Yeah. Right I'm, I don't, <laughs> I mean. I'm the
3: worst person to talk to about that because I was it's like, discussion. this seems oh. like a great idea. Let's right, do it. And right. then my husband's like, did you factor in any costs? Did you sure. look at this? What about that? I was like. No, but let's do it. So, like, welcome to running a business with your spouse. I mean, Especially one who thinks like he thinks, and I don't think like that, so.
2: Are these meant to be uh, consumed in one serving? They're, they're larger format. You've got, once you open them. They're, not, they're done. They're done, yeah. right? So well, like,
3: yeah. So, what we recommend, especially because we have a carbonated product, is you know, have a good stopper. Uh, once you've opened it and you have a decent stopper, we generally recommend drinking it within a week. Okay. Um, after that, you might lose, start to lose some of the carbonation, which we think adds Ooh. to the product. Um,
1: you had to be at lost carbonation. So, all I got to <laughs> do is open it up. I,
3: I have some still ciders. I wish I would have known. We have a couple that we didn't carbonate like a portion of the batch. And I would have I probably. So, some.
1: I, I, no, I. Go, Jason. I'm not. I'm, uh, Can, you just...
4: Can you drive back home a third time? Tonight? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I'll hijack
3: it
1: slightly. But I, I don't do anything with carbonation. I'm a post-bariatric patient, so there's a lot of us that don't do anything yeah. with bubbles because it would blow up your stomach. It, kind of. So it, the minute I sip it, I feel it, hmm. and it's it's uh it's uncomfortable. Got it. So there's beers that I don't drink. There's now cider, hard cider. I don't drink. Right, but now you're like. Saying there's non-carbonated cider? Maybe, maybe you should go out there and visit, Vato. Is this a national thing? Is this a only you thing?
3: Uh, I think there are some other cider makers that make a still cider or like a more um, naturally, you know, like they'll prime with a little sugar maybe okay. to get a little um, – so, I, I should be really looking. Look, I, we personally like to carbonate our cider. So, I've never, never really been paying attention to if people are carbonating or not. That's not something I check yeah. as much in the market.
1: No, everyone likes to carbonate everything. and But, you know, there's a small portion of us yeah. that are like. Hey, and
3: I I have had people ask, and like at the tasting room, I've got a couple of bottles. I'd be like, well, I could do this or I could do that.
1: Right, so, I should be looking for still hard cider mm-hmm. when I go to like a party store or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, uh, what are you talking about? And. And I'll, be like, oh, I'll have okay.
3: to look like I, the one that comes to mind is like Farnham Hill. And I think they're starting to distribute a little bit more. Um, they might have some of their higher end stuff in stills.
1: For From your end, is there a distinction uh, in how you guys make that? Like a...
3: Like is what's it, our what, it, why like did we decide between to
1: between a still and a sparkling?
3: I think it brings out the nose of the cider a little bit more and a little bit more of like the apple taste. So it's with the sparkling, yes. Okay. So we consider it more fruit forward mm-hmm. once it's carbonated. It's the effervescence of
4: mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, and that tends to be more refreshing because of the acidity. Sure,
1: I get. No, I get that. Mm. I'm just you can't. I get yeah. it.
4: Yeah. What What is the step that you need to do to get the sparkling? Is that adding sugar for the yeast to? Bubble in the bottle.
3: We go to a bright tank. We force carbonate in a bright tank. You force carbonate. Got it.
4: Okay. Yep. There you go. Are you kegging at all for any district? Yep. So
3: we distribute to like more uh, bars and restaurants um, with the kegs. Clubhouse Yep. Love them Mm -hmm. there. Um, I'll be there tomorrow. Hopcat. Mm -hmm. A couple of their locations have carried our kegs. Okay. Um, and then up by us, a couple of local places. We actually have a uh, all local tap takeover on Thursday at our place called Witchcraft in downtown Midland. What's the date? Uh, Thursday, November thirtieth.
4: Mm, we might make that in time. It's no, a, it's, a, won't.
3: A, it's, a, it's a great bar. Thanks, uh, thanks
4: for attending the event, everyone.
3: Yeah. <laughs> if you're in the Midland, Michigan area. If you we'll- were in the Michelin, <laughs> Michigan Midland area. Yeah, so <laughs> they've got a couple go. breweries uh, that are we're fortunate. We've got a couple cool breweries around us. Mm-hmm. And so it's those breweries and us, all local they only do like Michigan stuff already. So this cool. is like as local as it gets for them.
1: Do you guys do any food pairings? You, have you worked with any? Uh... Do you have
3: food? We have popcorn. Oh. Okay. And okay. chips and dip. So we have like a mild, spicy cheese dip and salsa mm. with tortilla chips. So a S- little something to keep right. you going. Yeah.
1: So have you worked with any local chefs <laughs> or anything on like <laughs> pairings with like cider or apple related things or?
3: Yep. Yep. Um, so we've done a couple farm to table dinners up in our area. Um, and then we worked with one restaurant that has since closed, but they did a, a all cider pairing dinner and used our apples in it. Um, and then we've had a chef a couple times at a restaurant, you know, use our apples um, with their stuff.
1: So you, the apples off your farm? Yes. Okay. Orchard. Sorry, not farm. Right. As as
4: a spirits guy, have you looked at distilling this who, who into applejack? Who
1: will do the spirits guy? Because I
4: have a lot of spirits. <laughs> um, I'm spirited.
3: I mean, I've looked into it and like, oh, God, I don't want to be doing that right now. Because Um, (laughs) of the regulation or because of just other stuff? I just feel like there's so much more I want to do with just cider right now. I want to get better at making cider. I want to make different kinds of cider. You're seeing a lot of single variety batches, which are hard for us to do. Not 150 different? Exactly. One. (laughs) Which Rare Harvest only has two. So that's like the opposite end of the spectrum for us. What what, is that
2: process for coming up with new... Varieties or expressions?
3: Um, I mean, it 100% starts with what we're pressing and what we have, what our crop looks like. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, you tasted an apple and you're like, ooh, this could be interesting.
3: Sometimes, like my favorite eating apple goes into Rare Harvest. Okay, and what's um, that? That's the Holstein. It's a German eating apple. Okay. It's got like a little bit of a pineapple taste to it. Mm. It's just mm, it's so good. So um, sometimes you're like, oh, I wonder how these flavors would translate once you start fermenting it. Um, But, yeah, it's generally just kind of what we've pressed, what we can blend together, what I want to add to the cider, Mm. that kind of stuff. So um, we're talking with someone right now about maybe looking at them distilling some stuff for us and then, like, whatever that may look like now or down the road. Um, But I just want to keep making good cider. Well, because I talk about like
4: Applejack, which was also kind of a yep. big colonial drink. Yeah. And also there's... done that
3: at home. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to like scale that <laughs> nope, up. No, nope.
4: you've never done that before. Uh, Laird's uh, has the market cornered, but there are a couple people that are doing it like kind of craft. I can't think of a name right now. I don't know if Jason can either. No. Yeah. I can, the there's like one or two in the U.S. that are also doing it as well.
2: I've met Lisa Laird and she'd be mad if I said. I, that. I, I don't have to don't.
4: put you up against the wall then.
2: Boom. No, they do a great job. I mean, they're. The apple jack, the apple brandy. Oh, what do you call it? Laird. There's um, a- Calvados. Calvados.
4: Mm. Yum, yum, yum.
3: Yeah. Plus, also, I'm 100% out of space right now. So I, even if I wanted to. Production I, space? Yeah. Okay. I'd have nowhere to put it. So,
4: But you have 14 acres.
3: Of trees. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have like a big old barn. I have an old farmhouse. I have an old shed. And I have our new tasting room. And I'm out of space Apples there. everywhere. It feels that way.
0: So with the with the rare harvest, you said there's two varieties there. When when you pick the two varieties, uh, a lot of that has to do with the amount of apples you have. Right? Uh huh. Yeah. So for sure, uh, of those 12 acres that you're growing <clears throat> apples on, like, is there a, like a percentage of each apple is because you have this many varieties? Obviously, you can't
3: have. It is generally one to one. A lot of times, it is one to one. Maybe. One apple tree of one variety. Really? A lot of times, yes.
0: So how do you make something like Rare Harvest?
3: Um, so in the past, we've been lucky. We've got a, several of the whole sign trees. Um, we also blend that with Cox Orange Pippin, which is a famous English apple. Um, so those are the two varieties that go into that. On a lighter year, this last batch that we made of Rare Harvest, we actually had to expand it to like six parentage, or like six kids of the Cox Orange Pippin um, because our, our – Quantity was low, so it's still kind of in the spirit of that, but it's not quite the exact recipe that we've used in the past with just the two varieties. Because um,
4: Is like one apple tree like a barrel, maybe?
3: Like, like how much so juice we think do you in, get out of a tree? We think in bushels.
4: <laughs> okay. So how many bushels do you get out of a tree? It
3: just depends. Okay. Um, and a lot of our trees and a lot of the older trees, and this is why they fell to the wayside and aren't as popular with growers these days, is that they're mm, biannual. The old, yeah. Oh, Whoa. So like I had a great crop this year, uh, which a lot of people, they got hit by some frost stuff. Right. So we were really fortunate. Um, so see in 2019, so I'm, I'm, I'm checking. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm expecting next year to be light. So I'm like, oh, all right, let's, let's see what we can do, mm. which is for us is still like, it's plenty to keep up with. Right. Um, just being a small, but you know, on those bumper years, we are able to like sell off some more apples that we can't keep up with production wise. And that kind of helps.
0: Huh. Is there any uh, plans to barrel age any of the ciders? Uh, or yes. <laughs> oh, there is. Okay.
3: So I just made a trip with my husband down here on Friday, and we picked up uh, just four eight gallons from whiskey gas. Motor
4: City Gas. Motor City Gas. Motor City gas. Yes. Yes. Whiskey. They make yeah. wh- Yes.
3: Is he the one that's going to distill your apples? I don't know.
4: Okay. Because <laughs> I know he's super experimental. He is super experimental. Rich, yeah. We were like just I, I talking a ton. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um he's my boy cuz he was also in advertising. We've 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 had like conversations with one or two people. Um uh, but I don't I don't know how all of that works. So there's what? still a lot to figure out. But um so uh yeah, we're going to try some with his barrels cool. and see how it goes. And um there's a local brewery in Saginaw, uh Oracle Brewing and I'm going to get a barrel from him uh that he's used or I can't remember who's going to use it first, but sure. we're going to look at like a partnership thing. Just, you know. To to do
0: beer then cider or cider I think then we're going to do
3: cider then beer. So if he really? got the barrel, we're going to do cider first, then he's going to do a beer. Interesting. Yeah. He's going to be there on like Thursday also. He's, a, he's at the local tap takeover, so we'll be talking about that more. Oh, so Interesting. I love collaborating with people. I love doing as much local, as much Michigan stuff as possible. So um, anytime I have the opportunity to do that, I'm like, want to see it happen.
4: There's a craft, craft brewery in Bay City. Well, not a brewery. A craft bar.
3: Tavern one hundred
4: and one is that it? They've been trying to get me to come out there. I'm wondering if you have taps there. Uh, we
3: rollers. been on tap there.
0: Okay, hold on. Let me find out what it is. Okay, so now talk now about we're, something else. We're pouring this uh, rusty this red is mystery bottle. Is that no, what you do? No, oh. it, it's the it's this the mystery one. bottle. Yeah. So I'm always excited when someone brings a bottle that's not labeled. Yep. Yeah. The color is um uh, is it
2: carbonated? Fantastic.
1: It
3: is. It is carbonated. <laughs> Um So that is the Red Queen. Red
0: Queen. Okay. Oh, Red Queen,
2: okay. So, Red
3: Queen. Oh yeah, public house. Yeah, yeah they, I haven't been there yet. They did just open. Yes, craft cocktails. Yes, yeah, they sound really yes. cool. They do sound really cool.
0: Sorry, mystery bottle. Very original name. Pu- it could pu- be anything. Public it could house be a There's one in Ferndale. This. They're not really okay. good. Not. Yeah, obviously. Yeah.
3: Okay. They- so <laughs>
4: it's open to the
0: public, and it's a
3: house. <laughs> the owner started a coffee company. Oh. Yeah, cool. and so it started with the coffee. Now she's doing the and craft. That, yeah. yeah. Red Queen.
4: Joe, what are you talking Red about? Red Queen. Red <laughs> Queen. So that is Let's the Red back.
3: Queen. That is our um, most recently released cider. Our label, we haven't finished designing it because this is what happens when you do everything in a business.
4: <laughs> is there like an approval process for cider labels? Yes. Okay.
3: And it varies based on like wh- what who you need to get it approved by. So we stay under the threshold where we only need like state approval. Okay. So that we don't have to go through federal mm-hmm. approval. Cause I don't need one more like headache around that. So that is the red queen. That is a slightly sweeter base for us. Um, so just a touch more sweetness, um, but it uses our red fleshed apples. So the color on that's all natural comes from the red fleshed apples. It does have a higher portion of crab. So you'll get a little bit more um, that tartness. Yeah. Tart, tannic. Yes. Um, yep. That comes from. Puckery, yeah. Yeah. The crab apples. A lot of red fleshed apples are crab varieties. Hmm. So.
0: The last two have been kind of uh, in the similar vein. So the one before that, to uh, so the Red Queen, then the, what's Rusty Rusty Red? red. red. Yeah, um, we need a webcam. The Rusty, the Rusty Red uh, reminded me of Rosé, like a Rosé yes. wine.
3: So there is like a whole new cider category called Rosé ciders. Oh really? Yeah, uh, and I think that one actually very specifically tastes like a Rosé wine. Yeah, it's it. yeah, very. That's it. If I don't know if you smelled it much before, but it's very floral and perfumey almost up front. Um, that was a huge seller this summer. Uh, something about the hot weather, sunshine. Like, Well, rosé had
4: such a moment, too, I feel like, the last couple of years. Yeah. Hmm.
3: So you're definitely seeing more, they're calling them rosé ciders. Rosé so.
0: ciders. Have, so I, I think this is a, an interesting path to go down, because I feel like most alcohol is, always, alcohol is always compared to wine. I think wine is like this, like... What? <laughs> Hold on. <clears throat> what are you talking about? Alcohol is compared to wine? Like be- Beer. Like uh, Everything is like there,
4: there's oh, so you're mo- saying like in the alcohol world, it's like wine is the chicken. Like this tastes like chicken. That no, tastes no, like chicken.
0: It, kind, I, I think. And I don't know because the most studying has been done for wine. I don't know. Like rosé ciders, all yeah. these things. Like you're, you're reaching some equivalent. Even coffee last week when we talked to Brad from White Pine
3: Coffee. We totally
1: did. We uh, talked about the crossover.
3: Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah, I steal more lingo from wine, I would say, in how I describe and talk about ciders, and I steal more ideas from beer.
2: But so. there's no rosé bourbon, so. No, there isn't a
0: rosé bourbon. So. So.
3: That's Yet. your next. Yes, yes. You should do it. <laughs> rosé bourbon, first. I hear it. You heard
2: it here first,
1: everybody.
3: I don't know how you'd get that red color. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Well, I've had a couple bottles, though, that have a rich, uh-huh. deep, rich, uh-huh. like, amber, red color quick. smooth ambler as a matter of Rose fact
4: rosé bourbon.com quick before this goes out <laughs> these
3: are actually like on the lighter red side for us we have two other reds one we're completely out of but i'm making another batch which is the mad russian and that is like mm-hmm. a really bold vibrant red and then the scarlet russian is still a really intense red
2: is there a picture of donald trump on the mad russian no. oh, oh please okay sorry Just <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I
3: have to drive home tonight. I don't think we have enough time. Okay. Is any so from a
2: cocktail perspective?
4: Have you tried mixing this to make uh, cocktails or other? Yes,
3: things? Um, there's actually there's a great craft cider cocktail book out there. Oh. There's tons of recipes. Oh, Do you know the name? Because that sounds uh. great. I think it's called Cidercraft cocktails. There we go. I'll have All to right. think. If not, I can shoot you the link or something no, that's before. Great. You can just find it on Amazon. So there's some great cocktails on there. Cidercraft magazine puts out a lot of great cocktail recipes and food recipes and food pairing recommendations in every up ep- in every, you know, magazine that they put out. So I always look to like what Cidercraft is putting out, too. Yeah,
2: that's um, I stumbled upon Cidercraft when I was <clears throat> searching for uh forgotten ciders earlier yeah. and they had a really a couple of really nice articles. I
3: think they do an excellent job like within the industry. So no. I always look at what they're doing. And then just within our tasting room, we you know we can't do like other liquors or things, but we do get a request for a sweeter hard cider pretty frequently. So we have started mixing with local syrups hmm. um to make sweeter kind of cocktail. We serve them over ice. Um so we've had three Uh, This past season that we came up with a peach strawberry, a blackberry, and a tart cherry. Yeah, they're
2: like shandy, right? That's like the cocktail with beer could be made
4: with cider. Yeah. Well, speaking mixing, I was at Tandem last week, last weekend, and they had a pomade. pomats. Pomo. Pomo, which was a- Pomade is what you put in your hair. Yeah. That's why it's so lovely. Uh, It's a hard cider mixed with um, apple brandy. Okay. I think. And it was awesome. Okay, um, but again, that you have to do the whole distilling process to yeah. then mix. And I guess the the argument was, and this came up on uh, Catherine's show, Catherine Cole, um, four top, four top. She actually had cider people on this week, and they talked about how the the pom pomants. I'm gonna, I can't even remember it for five seconds. Pommo, pommo was um, something that is. It's really hard. I know.
3: It's those fancy French words they get fancy. you every time. <laughs> It
4: was it was much more of a farmhouse thing so it's having trouble getting um coverage mm. because it's something people just kind of made in the back and it was overly sweet and it's it's not catching on so obviously it's it's super new to me and I don't know if that's something that you've crossed at all
3: Not as much this is a problem with like owning a seasonal business and like or owning a business in general, <laughs> it's like you don't get out as much. So, like, I, w- I want to do so much market research, which involves a lot of drinking. But visit, just visiting these places and like seeing how they run their rooms and like seeing what their fermenting rooms are like and what's their bottling process like and all these different things. Like, I just want to go and see what these people are doing, and yeah. uh, so I just don't get out as much. Especially like we're so fortunate in Michigan, we have all these places that I could go and.
1: So yeah. for those listening, they're taking an apprentices and. Uh... <laughs> Uh, sign up by emailing. Oh, well, yeah, we take all the free help. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah free.
3: I'll take all the free help.
4: Have you had trouble getting help to harvest?
3: Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah.
4: I think that's a kind of a restaurant thing. I mean, not that it's really a restaurant, but just in general, getting good help.
3: Yeah. I mean, not many people want to spend a full eight hours out in the elements with a picking sack apples. on your back picking apples. Yeah. Do you have uh, a tool
4: to pick or do you have no. like a ladder? No. No.
3: Every apple is picked by hand. Um, and it, we have this, like, big ladder debate, like, by the time you get the ladder out, you could just move on to another tree and pick more apples,
4: so... So, wait, that's interesting. How do you get to the apples at the top of the tree?
3: I don't. You don't? No.
4: Oh. Okay.
3: I, like, get as much as I can, they like, throw as them quickly as I can. Okay. It depends. I, I, I say, I like... I saw it in the Wizard of
1: Oz. They threw apples at <laughs> people.
3: With a caveat. So, there's a few trees that have some, like, really great, special apples, and we will go to... Hmm. Extensive measures to try to get every single apple from that tree,
4: but it's not worth it to get the top apples.
3: I I think time wise, it's just not worth it. It's a labor question,
0: yeah, opportunity cost, yeah. So I am going to say this in, in the in the most uh, complimentary way I possibly can. This cider, this last one that we're drinking, is hot and hot and cider. So it smells like nacho cheese. <clears throat> And it's awesome. It's
3: habanero peppers. It's, it's yeah. so, it,
0: that's so cool. Locally
3: grown habanero peppers. So um, it is not oh, a gosh. spice that's going to like ruin your day. Um, it's really more of like a warmth. It's so good. So one of my recommendations is that's if good. there's any hopped that's left, good. I love to mix those two together. Wow. Hot right. and hopped.
4: There's totally some left. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay.
3: Well, I we'll love do doing that. that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I like that idea.
3: Are you going to cocktail it up? I also like it. mixing hopped with rusty. That's another personal favorite. Do you talk
4: about this on the website? Like having like little like, you know how they had like jelly bellies. You could like mix them together to make different things. (laughs)
3: Um, Sometimes like on our Facebook page, like if I'm like drinking out at the room or something, I'll post like a picture of like, this is what I'm drinking. Come drink with me. Hmm. Um, Or like I make recommendations to customers all the time. Um, But, you know, we don't have like a website. We just run off of our Facebook page.
2: Would would cherries work with this cider? I'm thinking about like oh, yeah. the bounty of Michigan. That yeah, you'll see that a lot of cherries.
3: Offer. I I uh let me think of how to put this. So as of right now, I'm not really a great cider maker. I, and and actually, most people in our family that have helped with cider making will say this: like we're not formally trained. You personally,
4: there there's good people at. Forgotten harvest, right? Forgotten, no, it's forgotten cider. Cider. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I've
3: been drinking too much cider. <laughs> so forgotten ciders is so currently my father in law. My mother-in-law, my husband, me, yeah. and my brother-in-law and his wife. Um, my husband and I are in the process of like fully taking that over. Okay. Um, so my father-in-law helped me a ton this year with a lot of the cider stuff and like helping understand it and like there's a couple books to read and things like that. Um, my husband still has his what I call his real job that like pays the mortgage. Ah. I do this full time, and then we have two kids. Okay. So I am the cider maker for the most part right now. Um, and so I'm just fortunate that we have a really great product to work with and I just try not to fuck it up.
1: There, there so there's <laughs> like,
3: that is my standard there. line. I just try not to fuck it up.
4: Well, and you've gotten so far and I think the fact that this is like the passion project for you is even cooler. Yeah.
3: Hmm.
0: I feel like there's this like kind of theme that runs across the, these kind of smaller producers of like the real 100%. job. Yep. <laughs> Versus urban, like oh right
4: there you're wearing the T-shirt yeah, yeah urban rust that's yeah, what so, they did yeah. they basically worked jobs so, to make their brewery yeah, yeah. And, and
0: so like <clears throat> I don't think people understand the like people will come to your, your the, the you know to forgotten ciders and be like oh I'm gonna you know I'm gonna drink a cider and it's like they don't understand the work and the sacrifice that goes into all of these things yeah and, and it's not like you're like you know
3: <laughs> I'm not trying to bemoan the process or anything right. but every apple is picked by hand like. That's, that's saying a lot. Some of our apples are this big, and some of them are like this big. And you luck out when you get to pick the tree that's this big, but you're struggling when you pick the tree that's this big. I, and I Nick, like, Nick was
1: asking earlier <laughs> when you weren't here, but he was asking is like you don't use upalupas, like you. Right? Sometimes you're I make my jerk. kids. Work. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say any of that. You totally <laughs> said that. In, in terms
0: of and harvesting, is that it's all done by hand?
3: Yeah, every apple. Oh shit! Every apple and our our apples ripen from July to, and it's all like weather dependent, of course. But they start coming ready like mid to late July, all the way through like November. on a On a typical season this year was really weird with ripening dates and super hot fall, and Mm -hmm. so that's just like always there's it. But at scale,
2: there are like larger, uh, larger scale operations picked by hand. Really, Hmm.
3: there's not there's things that they can do to make it a better process so you're seeing like top gra- top wire top wiring trees is like a big thing where you basically cut like long and skinny all straight down in a row okay. like that's just like an orchard management thing and um, there's other things I mean I don't look into orchard management much because our orchard is what our orchard right. is it's not gonna I'm not going to change anything about it at this point but to and, scale
2: you're still you're just replicating the process mm-hmm. not there's not like automated machinery that you no. can use to help pick the no Interesting. I also think that's fascinating is as
4: Americans, we can go to a grocery store and there are these thousands of products that are there to grab off the shelf and drink. And you have no idea what goes into any of them.
3: It's probably an apple from last year.
4: Well, no, but any anything taco shells, you know, whatever you buy, you know, all of it's just there. And so you don't go thinking like, yes, someone put that product in there and they're pouring their soul into it. I don't. I don't think people get that.
3: I think you know what we try to do is um, tell the story of the apples, Mm -hmm. tell what makes them like cool and unique. Like there's 150 different kinds of apples in it. Like here's the cool history of this apple and Thomas Jefferson's favorite apples in this cider blend, and like just share those stories. What's his favorite apple? The Spitzenberg. Mm. Is that That an eating apple or is that? Yeah, it's a great eating apple. Really? Yeah.
0: And you guys? Do you guys? So do you guys sell the apples? Outside of the ciders or no?
3: Sometimes at the tasting room we'll have apples available. Um, as a whole, we used to take them to our farmer's market and we would sell them like that. But um, that's incredibly labor intensive because not only are we picking by hand, we're then sorting for you know the best ones. We, we actually hand polished every apple.
1: What? Wow!
3: Shine it up, get the dirt, dust off of it. Yeah. Hand polished every apple. Really? For a yeah. buck. If that. Uh, I mean, we just did like mixed uh, baskets. You could just mix and match your own basket. Okay. so we had a couple of different size baskets, but um, it's super labor intensive. Wow. So n- now that we're shifting a little bit in not just ownership but production, you know, we just couldn't make that work this year. I'm hoping I can figure out something to work next year to bring the apples to the consumer because I think that's an important part of the with the bottle story. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to eat the yes, whole yeah. apple and then taste the yeah. rare harvest cider. Like that's a cool story. Mm-hmm. So,
2: is social media primarily how you tell these stories, or how are you getting your message across?
3: Um, so, like podcasts like this, we did a uh, cider podcast last year when we were at CiderCon. Um, sometimes we'll get uh, our cider write ups in like cider craft right. or through like bloggers and things. Are like those that. things
2: that you actively like seek out, or are they kind
3: sometimes? Of- Yes. I would say I'm starting to see a tiny shift where like someone might contact us. Um, But I would say as a whole, it's still like boots on the ground, trying to Mm -hmm. get our name out there, trying to share our story and things like that. Because we're just we're little, you know, we're like two people. Yeah. So, yeah, we're little.
0: (laughs) What's the vision for the next year? survive <laughs> survive so five years is, is there something that you guys like trying to make a huge footprint or?
3: <clears throat> no so i've said for a long time that i don't want to make cider with anybody else's apples so we're always going to be limited at a certain threshold um right now michigan has a law allowing us to sell down at farmers markets and that has a certain threshold too and i, I don't know really where i am feeling wise on like if i want to go above that threshold yet what does
0: that sell down Was it like it's
3: like five thousand gallons
0: of hard cider.
3: Hard cider. You can get a permit and sell at farmers markets.
0: So you're not in distribution at all in terms of your. We self distribute. Self distribute to bars, restaurants, party stores. But oh, okay. Yep. So, and then our farmers market and our tasting room. Okay, so you these these kind of 750 bottles are available in some stores. Yes, yeah, so
3: like I know you guys just had Jack Zatuna on. We did. I'm z- oh no, where did I see Jack? I thought he was on here. He wasn't on
2: this podcast, but oh. I. From, so I've we're at like the,
3: the Tuna's Market. Yep. Okay. Um, off the wagon. Yes, he wasn't.
4: Yeah, he wasn't an artist, but yeah, he okay. wasn't. Yeah.
3: So yeah, a couple of like, places in the Metro Detroit area. Occasionally on tap at like Hopcat or something you like that. You said holiday
4: market maybe Sunday. Not yet <laughs> Not Sunday. Yet. <laughs>
3: and we've talked to him briefly, but we haven't done like the sampling or anything. So okay. now that my season's done, I'll probably do another like Detroit Blitz and um, hit up those stores, restock the other places, things like that. Okay. So.
2: They you just can, canceled the bourbon raffle, so screw them. Did, did they, they really cancel the bourbon? Yeah, raffle? I put my ticket. It's illegal. No What's more. illegal? The bourbon raffle? Yeah. Why? So who got the product? You know what they did? They ended up just uh, putting them on the shelf. <gasps> like, um, no. Yeah. That's the headline. So, so
0: yeah. the, the the goal is to have cider that's like as sought after as these like yeah. you know yeah.
3: bourbons the, that M43. are like yeah. Yeah. yeah yes yeah I mean you can only hope. that's like
2: manufactured scarcity and a lot of brand work though I mean right we're not even yeah I
3: mean I think we'll be doing some smaller batch stuff like the barrel age is probably going to be like a little more exclusive to the tasting room stuff like that um, some of the experimental batches that we're working on are going to be smaller batch so I like some of the smaller batch ideas and concepts and the exclusive exclusivity um but honestly with like the shift in my father-in-law getting out and like taking over more responsibility for the whole or not just the cider making but the orchard like that's where their surviving part comes into play because that is like i i have no idea about that part i mean i've picked our apples for a decade now but i've never like managed our spray program and um all of that kind of stuff so in, the joys of running a business <laughs> yeah right wait a second well, how long have you been married new shit. Uh, what I just said, eight years or yeah. and you've
4: been picking for ten years
3: well I came into the family and then we got married yeah so
4: so were you like did you go on dates of like picking apples
3: <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out the math right so the, f- the first like t- like it was very soon when we started dating my husband took me to meet his family I picked apples <laughs> and shined uh-huh. apples and I went to the farmer's market and sold and I was like so in love with selling. I mean, that's that's a little bit where like my heart lays mm-hmm. is like the sales and marketing and customer experience stuff. And uh, like just sold at the farmer's market and I loved it. And then I went back home and he sent me a dozen apples.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's like Nish, uh, Nick's story when you brought Lish, uh, to Legoland. There's
3: a... We can, yeah. well, I can talk about that story. It was a good story. <laughs> yeah. So he wooed me with a dozen apples. And then honestly, it's been that, it, like, that's what our year looks like. It's all based on like, well, how many apples do we have to pick? My my first daughter went to her farmer's market at three weeks old. And my second daughter was nine days old or for vice versa. But whatever. Like my kids have grown up there. Mm-hmm. My kids run amok out at our orchard. You'll frequently see them at the tasting room. If I don't have a sitter, it just depends. Um, they, Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a family business. We want to keep kind of that aspect of it for sure. Cool. So
0: so can people come and visit you guys right now?
3: We are currently closed. Okay. Because we're out in the middle of nowhere, and then once the weather gets bad, no one wants to come Wheeler's see us. Wheeler's in the middle of, middle of nowhere? <laughs> well, you know, we got that field and that other field and that other field. <laughs> but
0: so. what about the other field?
3: <laughs> it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> um, so our tasting room right now is closed for the winter, and we'll probably reopen in the springtime.
0: Okay. So that's, that's like clean. March, April in that area.
3: Um, we, this year we did last weekend in April. It's usually like first weekend of May, which is when our farmers market opens. So we okay. We run about May to mid November.
0: That's when the that's when people can visit you. Yes. Okay. Um. In the meantime, since yep. we're rolling into the winter, where where can people find? Forgotten ciders.
3: So in the Metro Detroit area, like I said, occasionally on draft at Hopcat and okay. in, in Ann Arbor as well. If you're in the Grand Rapids area, um, Seven Monks occasionally has mm. us on tap. Ah, nice. Traverse okay. City as well. Seven Monks has us as well as Taproot in downtown Traverse City. Um, Satunas, as I mentioned, Clubhouse BFD. So Satunas has bottles. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, off the Wagon. Oh, I'm forgetting some. The, the Troy Marriott, their bar. Carries like four different kinds of forgotten that's ciders. Cool. The Troy Marriott. Troy Marriott, it's great bar. Okay. Great staff. Awesome. Uh, so my husband, for his other job, he used to stay there, and we just, they now carry our cider. Way to go, Troy Marriott! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they <that's are>. Awesome. <laughs> um, you do staff
2: trainings as well? Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. So we
3: would like talk to them about all of our ciders. They um, actually took a couple articles that were written about us and like shared them with their staff, so they knew like our entire backstory. Um, and they they've got great. Great staff in that bar there. I can't say enough nice things about them. So, um, And then up in the Midland, you know, Tri-City area, there's a couple places. Witchcraft, as I mentioned. Uh, Eastman's Party Store. They've carried us from the get-go when we had, like, just four bottles, janky labels. <laughs> I'd say I was, like, just me delivering them, but it's still just me delivering <laughs> them. So, like, not much has changed there. Um, Bay City's at ideal party store. Saginaw is um, Cork and Ale. Wow. So good work. Yeah. Thanks.
0: So, um, you guys don't have a website. You said, Nope. Just our Facebook page. Okay, What is that?
3: Eastman's forgotten ciders. Just if you, yeah, if you just search forgotten ciders on Facebook, you can find it. Instagram. Mrs. Forgotten ciders. Okay. Which is, it's a slight blend of like my personal, but also my business stuff. It's a little more cheeky than our Facebook page. I'd say so. Awesome. Yeah. And that's it. I just, I can't manage more social media than that. (laughs) And I'm not cool. I don't do Snapchat. I don't, I don't get that. So, yeah.
0: Great. Well, we wish you all the best of luck. Thank you. Nicole Ward, thank you you for being with us. Until next time, dine well, friends.